Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matt. I am the host. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts who are almost always here, and sometimes are here even when I'm not. I missed a show recently, and they they did it without me, proving that I am somewhat replaceable. Anyway, they're Joe and Liz. Say hi, Joe and Liz. Hello. You you are irreplaceable, Matt, but sometimes we trudge forward regardless. Uh, that's it's what... not the same without you. It's it doesn't. Oh no, one hundred percent the same. Well, anyway, I will say this much for myself because this week, uh, if you're listening to this recorded, which is the majority of our audience, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. um, it'll probably be coming out closer to Thursday or Friday. My birthday is December 7th, so it's this week. Um, and to celebrate it, I'm doing absolutely nothing. As one should. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm doing absolutely nothing in terms of to celebrate it. I will be doing things. Oh, yeah, my, many things. Uh, for example, I get a special birthday present this week of my eye injections the day oh. after my birthday. So yeah, I will be spending mm-hmm. my birthday in a sweaty state of anxiety and pretending really hard that I'm not. But I also want to point this out because a lot of stuff is actually happening besides my birthday, which is kind of crazy. But today is the fifth and on the fifth, as of today, right, right now, as I'm recording this, we're recording this, we're all doing um, three things. We've got Hearthstone's Battleground season six, Overwatch two season eight, and Diablo four is releasing the Abattoir of Zinn. Zir, sorry, the Abattoir of Zir, which is their super ultra mega, oh, oh my word, this is the hardest thing ever uh, thing for level 100 characters, um, which is it just in the season or is it actually in the regular game as well? It's only the season, though. They have talked about, you know, we're, we're rolling things out in the season. We might put them in the game later, but, you know, not not necessarily. They just so maybe we'll see more of it later. But right now it's only seasonal and it lasts until the end of the season or almost which is uh january sometime yeah so that's um that's all I, happening like that's all happening I do, right now i do want to add one other thing that happened today as we we're recording this that i forgot to include originally which is uh diablo 3 you know that other diablo game uh the season 30 ptr went up today yeah. Oh, I forgot that they were doing that. I, this is yeah, it's liter- a thing. Literally the absolute last season in terms of new content is what well, I, I heard last time. Now you don't think so? This one doesn't exactly... I, I think we've already seen the last season of new content. And uh, 30 is re-adding the... Okay, what was it called? The thing... The, the horrible talent system that was going to take forever to get through? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the one from, <laughs> the one from season 28. Yes, it has a name. Do any of us know its name? The altar of it was the altar rights. of oh yeah, altar of rights. Yes, that's it. That is it. Uh, so it's it's adding altar rights to the game as a baseline, but it's not you know there's not any shiny new features. And uh, but yes, the PTR went up today. It's going to last for a week. We don't have end dates for season twenty nine or start date for season thirty yet, but uh, you can expect they'll come. They'll come soon. Uh, and since we're speaking about Diablo and things that are happening soon, there's the Diablo two, uh, 22 nights of terror, um, Mm -hmm. which I had not actually heard about. Um, and that's, that's happening soon. We don't know when we think sometime soon ish, but we don't know. I mean, they, uh, they did 22 nights of terror last year in uh, Diablo resurrected and they started December 13th last year, I think. Yeah, so they confirmed at their last campfire chat that it was going to come back, but that was literally all they said. Um, and that so was yeah, last I week, expect, wasn't it? Yeah, I expect I expect it's going to come out next week, kind of around when it did last year. So, that would make sense because uh, it, it pushes it yeah. to like the the holiday equivalent schedule of being in there for pretty much all of the holidays and into January, where mm-hmm. you know the 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 lingering holidays end. So that would make sense. Yeah, we should point out that um, also where we were talking about stuff happening on the 5th, there is something that actually has already happened that we want to talk about, but I, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, hint, if, if you're waiting for a while. Um, the, we have Amadrasil, uh Wing 4 is coming out on LFR next week on the 12th. And also on the 12th, we've got the Diablo 4 Midwinter Blight uh, event is going to be happening. So if you've been looking for those, those are happening next week. So uh, I do feel like, you know, the, the Amadrasil LFR Wing 4 is, you know, there's not a whole heck of a lot to say about it other than it is yeah. happening. I mean, I just think it's interesting they've been rolling out LFR rings so quickly. We got Amadrasil, what, a month ago now? Three I, weeks? 
I kind of like mm-hmm. that, though. Yeah, I mean, I like that they're rolling it out so fast, but usually they'd roll out LFR like it'd be a week after uh, after normal released. And then it would be like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And so it would be like a month and a half before you could see all the LFR wings. And they've rolled this out really, really quickly. So we're going to see the last wing next week. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really s- smart decision that they've made. I really like that. Yeah. Um, I always argued that LFR should be more accessible than less accessible. I think the delays. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm not sure why they did the delays. Mm. Um like I don't know if they ever told us why they waited that long between them. Mm. So uh, if they did, I don't recall either. Now that's that said, I do like the tr- I, and this may be controversial. I like the sort of trade-off of that being, you know, released every consecutive week, but the forge moving to bi-weekly, where like upgrading your gear to or turn converting it into tier or whatever the the case is being bi-weekly, I think makes a lot more sense. Um personally, if they're going to let you go into LFR every like accelerate the accessibility therein of getting all four wings. So my opinion, I'm sure I'm going to get flamed for it later, but that's, that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I seriously, yeah, I think it is probably a, a better move as well, but no. Um, but we've talked about those. So uh, we didn't really talk that much about Abattoir of Zero other than it is supposed to be Nightmare Hard. <laughs> yeah. What, I mean, what, what is Abattoir of Zero? It is, like I said, it is essentially kind of like an, a super ultra mega, end 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 boss like you have to run through pretty much all the other bosses to get through including like mega duriel which is like duriel what more go ahead Liz. it's uh it's it's kind of like uh well i want to call it like a greater rift except from diablo 3 except it's uh it's way beyond that you have to complete the entire diablo 4 season 2 season journey before you can even go into this um and that's that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff you have to do to complete that season journey because I mean Uberdurial is one of the things. All of the all of the steps of the season journey, it's you know, you have to complete x number of things. But so you can you can skip a few of those of those side notes, but getting to the end of the season journey, uh that's a lot. You're going to be level 100, you're going to be level you're going to be running max level greater rifts, you're going to have killed Uber Duriel, you might have killed Uber Lilith. Uber Lilith is very hard. Very very hard. Uh and then you're going into what is oh it's kind of like a a greater rift from Diablo 3. It's kind of a random encounter and it's just designed to be very 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 very, 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 very hard. I believe the Diablo team said it was a brutal encounter. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of your ultimate challenge playing Diablo 4. And it awards a whole ton of XP for your Paragon Glyphs. So that would be why you would put yourself through this. Because it, it can take a long time to get Paragon Glyphs leveled up. Yes, it can. 
Mm, so that's, much time. So that's a polite way of saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the Paragon glyphs. Um, but yeah, so that's the avatar of Zir. We, we, you know, Zir himself is, you know, I think it's like, is there an actual Zir or is it just the place it's called that? I, I can't remember. I, I don't believe you actually face Zir in this, but Zir is like the vampire lord from season two. Okay. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I don't think I don't think that's a spoiler. Season two has been out for a while. And uh you, you kind of meet him and get threatened by him right in the beginning. So um but uh th- so they rolled out the patch for that today, and one of the things that came with it was a bug that de-leveled paragon glyphs, you know, speaking of how hard it is to level your glyphs. It's a little harder um, when that happens, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little harder when you level up your glyphs and then they roll out a patch and your glyphs go backwards instead of forwards. Um, They are working on a patch to fix that. It should be out for PC today. They don't have an ETA for a patch for console, but uh, soon, soon. So uh, hopefully by the time you listen to this, this, this is a bug of the past and you don't have to worry about it at all. But if you have logged on and your glyphs in Diablo 4 weird lower level, it's going to be fixed. It's going to be fixed hopefully very soon. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those things. It's like there's a bug and then everyone's been piling on Pezradar, the Diablo 4 community manager, about this. And it's like, come on, come on, don't. First off, he's a community d- manager, guys. You know, that's the weird thing about when you hear about people piling on the community developers. Like, he's the community developer. He is not coding the game. God, chill out, guys. Yeah, it's like he he's here to communicate with you, and he's actually, like, super communicative. You know, people ask him questions on Twitter, and he'll come with answers, or he'll um, ask for clarification. So he will, like, actually talk to people in the community. Like, he's a good guy. He's doing a good job. He's doing the best job you can. So, I mean, it just sucks when we see the community piling on some of these developers, and I think it's why... You know, we, you know, sometimes you see developers like pull back and you see developers not wanting to talk to the community as much. And I think it's because sometimes when you talk to the community, the community bites back. And yeah. well, I remember as, a couple of years back now, um, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the developer for a while, but it was a WoW developer who he just said he liked Crusader Kings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was talking about the game Crusader Kings and that he liked it and he was playing it. And somebody in, in on Twitter, and this was pre-Elon Twitter, but it was still not, mm. you know, a great place. Um, someone just went nuts on him. Absolutely nuts. Just, you know, this is why this system this system you put in was bad. And, just, and I'm sitting there going, he just said he liked the game. Can he see allowed to like games? I mean, you know, he, he works in games. One would hope he likes them at least a little. I was just like, man. It, it's this is like going to a restaurant, uh, you know, ordering food and then like demanding to see the the somebody who makes somebody else's food to yell at him about the food you just got. It's like what 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 is wrong with you? Like my word, calm down. Just, just be nice. Be nice to people. It's, yeah, it's not their fault. But even you know, even if Adam hand coded this bug. You know, even if he had made this mistake, which resulted in this bug, we have we have developers doing their best to make something that's super fun for all mm-hmm, of us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you make mistakes, and mistakes don't get caught, uh, and yeah, they go. Yeah, is all of us make mistakes sometimes? Sometimes your mistakes result in uh, a painful game breaking bug, and you know you got to roll with it. Yeah, and sometimes it it's not even a mistake. Sometimes it's just oh, Un- we, unintended we didn't consequence. Foresee, yeah. yeah, we didn't foresee yeah. that when we decided to use the original, you know, Battlegate uh, Battlenet interaction for <laughs> Diablo Two when we were relaunching it that it would it would end up crashing the game repeatedly because you know the, the system wasn't designed for millions of you maniacs locking in continuously. That was our bad. We didn't realize this would happen. This is this is on us. It what it didn't get revealed. During the pl- the play test, because we only had a few thousand people mm-hmm, or a few hundred mm-hmm. thousand people or whatever, and, you know, and not millions. Um, obviously, that's a different situation. It just it's very rare that the person you're talking to at any point, uh, if you could be talking to the lead developer or whatever they're called, game director, uh, lead game designer, whatever they're called, they are almost certainly not directly responsible for for anything that you are upset about unless you just count them as being directly responsible because they're an overall charge. There are so many people working on these games that 
to to try to pin blame down on any one person for a bug or a decision made in design, it, it's just not feasible. Like, how many people are on WoW now? Wasn't it like like they they added several hundred people a few years back, and that's been the case ever since? They've had like you know nearly a thousand people on it. Well, like it, I think it's like a rot- I don't I don't know if they've ever told us the exact number, right? Like, yeah. I but think, the point being, there's I, a lot of there's that. a lot of people because well, I mean, it's there's a lot going on. We talked about how quickly uh, Dragonflight released how much content and how many different new systems and how you can't how do much? that without you can't do that without a large group of people because otherwise those people are just going to burn out and you're not going to have a game, right? So you like you have to have people to share the work. Yeah, and there's also the, like the whole idea of like development, you know, you have a team working on this, you have a team working on that, you have a team working on something else. So so that you can do more things because you have different teams working on them. But that does kind of mean that those different teams aren't necessarily privy to what that team's doing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Just there's, there's just a lot. There's a lot of complexity to this. Please stop. Please don't bite the hands of the people who are trying to get you the answers you want. Um, that they're you know working in the community is already pretty hard. It, it is it is not a it's not a tremendously easy thing, and it's not a tremendously well paid thing. Uh, just don't. I don't know. Like Liz says, just be just try and treat people like you know with with just the respect of that they are people. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be their friends. You don't have to like you know you gush about how great they are, but you know just don't don't treat them the way somebody treats a person in a supermarket when they want to return something. You know what I mean? It's like ah, you, we've all worked retail, right? I mean, if you ever worked retail, you know what it's like when somebody comes in and they immediately demand to speak to the manager, and you're like, oh god, this is gonna be it. this is gonna be it here. I'm gonna be here all night. Just don't don't do that. I don't know. Let's 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 talk but, yeah. about happier stuff. But let's actually go talk about the thing that we were going to talk about, which is the season of discovery in WoW Classic, because that came on. Like that was last week. I last believe, Tuesday. Right? Last it Tuesday. It was last Tuesday. It's, yeah. it's already pretty crazy. And then Matt was silent. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to not be talking. I guess I hit the wrong button. <laughs> anyway, uh, when that, when Liz sent out the email today, basically mentioning stuff about uh, season discovery, one of the things I hadn't even realized was that all classes have their, their glyphs discovered now. Yeah. The, the, all, every each, single we're in 12 per class. Yeah, and the warrior ones are boring as heck. <laughs> oh my word! It's like some of them are like some of them. The glyphs out there are, are really cool and neat and interesting. Like the warlock metamorphosis room, which makes them tanky. Uh, although we've got a thing to tell you about that one, which is fascinating. Um, but like the mage one, which does healing, um, they they also let's just talk about that one. Uh, the healing the healing mage has got a nerf already because they were healing mm-hmm. via chain casting arcane explosion. Which is like well, the I mean, funnest way to heal ever. Right. It's like do you, do you like holy nova for priest, which was never it was never very powerful, but it was super fun to just cast. Yeah, you just run in and go boosh, 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 you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. It was like Exactly felt cool. so good to press that yeah. button. Almost as cool as chain lightning, but you don't even have to aim it. <laughs> and not that you really had to aim chain lightning, but you kinda do if you want to do it right. Anyway, so arcane explosion fun as heck but also arcane explosion does a lot of damage mm-hmm. you know it's it's not it's it's significantly more damage than healing nova ever did you know if if it ever did he damaged did it even yeah, it did a little right holy uh, nova? yeah it did holy nova holy nova was damage and healing but it was yeah. not it was pretty small yeah it was it was a little bit of damage it was like a little taste of damage you have a little damage as a treat um <laughs> but yeah so they've already nerfed the healing of of arcane explosion by 80 percent uh, which, you know, ow, but it, you know, you're not going to not cast it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's also like, I didn't even have a chance to run anything with a healing mage to enjoy it while it was overpowered. Now it's, uh, now it's maybe. Well, guess me is, that means somebody probably like some people already got their character up to, tw- to, to max level, which is 25 or 35, 25, oh, uh, 25. Yeah. And, uh, the new black fathom deeps raid has already been cleared. So, yeah. I mean, all the content, well, I won't say all the content, probably most of the content to discover, a lot of the content to discover has been discovered because yeah. people, uh, people have rushed through this like zoom. Well, that, that leads me to the thing that I wanted to talk about, about the warlock metamorphosis room. Um, and I think that Joe should get to talk before I do that. So Joe, you were saying something and I interrupted nope, you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Um, 
the Warlock Metamorphosis rune is apparently locked behind Black Fathom Deeps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you can't you can't get it unless you run Black Fathom Deeps, which is mm-hmm. got to be annoying for warlocks who wanted to tank and were like, yeah, I'm going to be a warlock tank and then couldn't tank until after it's they like, cleared a raid. Well, you've got to be max level before you can get the rune that lets you tank. So you've got to play the entire game not being a tank when you want to tank. So, yeah, that's pretty rough. I mean, it's also interesting because... It, it means that let's say your guild was like, you know, totally on board with you warlock tanking stuff. They had to carry you through the raid. <laughs> they like not just get to max level, get to max level and then successfully clear a raid. I mean, granted it's, it's black fathom deeps, but it's a raid. Black. Yeah. Fathom but I mean, at, at least you can, like, even though it's, and, and again, it's not ideal. Right. And they, they've already addressed it and they already said that, that it's not super cool and they're going to fix it. Um, but like, also at least you're saying carry you through the raid. That's not strictly true. You can still contribute. Like you're still a warlock. You still do warlock things. You're, you're still going to sit there and go, Hey, look, green fire and like burn something to the ground as you're going through the raid. No, no, no green fire. I don't think I I'm just saying I'm being facetious. I just don't want people to get excited about possibly having green fire and wild classic. And then it's not there. I mean, it might be there later. My, uh, some, my, of the, some of the glyphs are stuff like that. Yeah, my, but my point stands is like, at least it's not, at least you're not choosing that at the beginning. And then mm. you just can't do anything until you get the glyph. So like it, it it's not great, but, you know, at least you're not completely useless as a warlock until you get it. So there's, there's at least a, silver lining. It's a bit of a killjoy when you go in, you're excited. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. warlocks can be tanks now. That's going to be super cool. I'm going to level up as a tank. It's going to be awesome. And then it's like, no, you got to be max level and clear the raid before you can start tanking at all. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. but I will say this. Um, I still, the only reason I haven't already made a character in this is because I've just been so, this this whole month has just been like a continuous series of dumpsters hitting walls and exploding in flames. I'm like, why did that dumpster even explode? It was empty. No, nope, <laughs> no, nope, sorry. Dumpster fires all around. So I haven't gotten a chance to yet. But I will say that I was looking over the various uh, runes that, that each class gets. And some classes get really cool ones. Um, I get the tank. Yeah. Like rogue, like <laughs> shaman and, and warlocks do get some pretty cool alteration stuff. The mage gets the uh, ability to heal. There's some really neat stuff, and there's stuff like sunfire, which is like just kind of cool for druids. Like it's 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 not anything special, yeah. but it's neat and it has a different theme. It's like you can be a sun druid. You're like a flame druid or something. They, they, I mean, cool stuff. There are a fair amount of glyphs that are like abilities you will get in the future. <laughs> like yeah. uh, priest, priest, the first glyph you get as a priest is penance, which, you know, modern priests, you're pretty familiar with that. It's basically, it's it's just penance, except you're playing Wild Classic and now you have penance. So there's a lot of that. And I'm, I'm playing a priest and I feel like priests are not the most exciting either because it, you know, it kind of, I'm playing a priest and it feels like I'm playing a priest. <laughs> Whereas... We have had some classes that just, you know, everything is changed. You can tank now. You can heal now. So there's there's a range here. Yeah, I the one that really the one that comes to mind when looking at the warrior stuff, right? Because I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll do this. I'll be the guy who just talks about his own class all the time. A lot of these are abilities that you'll get later. Like for instance, raging blow, mm-hmm. uh, warbringer. Um, Furious Thunder, which this is the one. Thunderclap now increases the time between attacks by an additional 6%, can be used in any stance, and deals 50% increased threat. It's like, welcome to Thunderclap in in now. Like it's like, <laughs> But it's not even that. It's like Thunderclap doing those things, it was kind of like what happened to Thunderclap in BC. Like That was literally what they had to do in BC because warriors couldn't hold AoE threat. These are, This is exactly, this is the Burning Crusade talents version of thunder of thunderclap that's what it is some of some of the some of the some of the runes are like that though like almost all of the ones for warriors are yeah there's a lot of them blood frenzy raging blow warbringer furious thunder endless rage victory rush these are all either direct lifts devastate devastate direct lift man and single-minded fury you even get single-minded fury you don't even get titan's grip but you get single-minded fury which we is talk like a lot ab- about the the glyphs. That, oh gosh, now you've got me calling them glyphs. They're runes. Yeah, runes. They're uh, runes. Yeah, we talk about the runes that are like really exciting and totally change things. 
like mages healing, like warlocks tanking. We talk about that because that's really exciting, but the majority of the runes, I mean, they're, they're cool, they're interesting, they unlock new possibilities for your class, but they aren't like totally unheard of crazy things that are going to make you a healer or going to make you a tank. A lot of them are abilities you'll see in later versions of World of Warcraft or, or small tweaks mm-hmm. on existing abilities. And they're like, I'm not saying they're bad. It's just a lot of them aren't as exciting as, oh, hey, you can cast yeah. Arcane Explosion and also you heal everyone a huge amount. You know, I'm going to read Regeneration so people understand the actual glyph here. The the Regeneration Rune. I'm going to start calling mm-hmm. it Rune because it is a Rune and not a glyph, even though it's exactly like a glyph. Come on. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it's tough. Regeneration, 43% of base mana, channeled, three-second cast, requires mage, requires level one, heals the target for numbers, uh, health over three seconds, and applies temporal beacon for 30 seconds. And temporal beacon is records the subject's space-time position. 80% of all arcane damage done by the caster will be converted to chronomantic healing on each of the caster's current temporal beacon targets. Uh, this healing is reduced by 50% on self and also reduced by 80% when damage is done by arcane explosion. So you, you obviously that last little bit, they just threw that in. But basically it is it means that you put... Um, if you've ever played a paladin healer, you'll know basically... The, mm-hmm. the the kind of thing you're doing where you're putting a mark oh. on somebody and then you're right. di- instead of your your healing to discipline one character, priest that's that's really yeah. the current discipline priest priest yeah. style but it's still basically that concept it's that you you pick somebody you put the thing on them uh and then you can just go nuts with your your other thing and it will heal them too uh, except in this case instead of healing them while you heal somebody else you're healing them while you hurt somebody else uh, so it is a cool idea, and it works really well for a mage. It's an interesting idea on how to do that. However, um, and mass regeneration, for that matter, then makes it even better. Because now it's just, you know, healing everything. Uh, th- these are cool, neat ideas. And they, they so unfortunately, they're a little too cool, I think. In that, mm. you know, not that they're too cool and that you should they shouldn't be less cool. But they're going to stick out when... Other classes are like, hey, look at all these abilities that are just, yeah. you know, stuff coming in the future. And it's one of the weird things about, like, Metamorphosis, on the face of it, is exactly that. It's a it's an ability that Warlocks would just get after Classic, except that it, it's then an ability that they lost and don't have anymore. So getting it back in WoW Classic, I think for a lot of Warlock players in particular, it's a huge thing. It's they want this to be something that they see in the future again. They'd love to have Metamorphosis back. So yeah, it, it, it's there's a lot of of weird little moments like that in this setup, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, I actually, like I said, I think that this is a really cool idea that they're playing with. But every cool idea you play with is going to have, I, for lack of a better word, potholes. It's going to have things in the road that you're driving along and suddenly boom. Oh, oh God, my front wheel. Like there's a level to this. I, I don't think, you know, it's very hard to balance this. There's 12 of these runes per class. Well, one thing to keep in mind with the runes is you can only equip three of them at a time right now. In the future, you should get more rune slots on your yeah. gear to equip more. But right now you can only equip three. So you've got to pick and choose. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I do think um, 
Look at, for example, like run a um, shamanistic rage here. This is a great rune. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely great rune. Well, it's a it's it's a reimagining of one of the original talents. Yeah, uh, reduces all damage you take by twenty percent, and you regenerate mana every second for fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. This is just and, and it it does an AOE thing too. They get ten percent. Uh, everybody within forty yards of you who's in your party or raid gets ten percent of the mana you receive this way. So it's just it's really nice, but it isn't groundbreaking. Like you don't look at that and think this upends the shaman entirely. And I think that that's the thing that those are the things to focus on when looking at hmm. uh, these runes is that sure. There are some that are like the, the mage healing ones. Some of them aren't, but they're not bad just because they aren't flashy. Like shield mastery and dual wield specialization for shaman are both amazing, but they're both, they, they don't, they don't change the shaman drastically. Even tanking doesn't really change the shaman drastically because shaman were doing that. Yep. Uh, especially at, up to level 25. Uh, I remember back in the day, the first time I played Horde, which was like in 2005, um, I remember we had a shaman tank for the entirety of Zulfrock. The whole thing. Tanked mm-hmm. the whole thing, no, didn't switch out, didn't <laughs> replace him. Um, and he was meant to be the tank. And they, yep. he, that's what, you know, I want to say Rockbiter. Was that uh, the, yeah, the, it was Rockbiter. Yeah, just Rockbiter on his mace, and he had a shield, and he just tanked the thing. So, yeah. Because Rockbiter Rock was, was was something that would grab aggro, and people forgot that it yeah. existed. Yeah, and that's the thing I want. I, I want to just say that I think you know, just be sure to when you look at these things, don't assume that they're going to make your class into something. There's no healing one for warriors. Uh, they did not actually make the healing shout. Yes. I didn't think they were going to. <laughs> but regardless, would have been fun though. Get yeah, up! Yeah. Stop hurting! <laughs> Walk it off! I, I got it. I, I, he tore my head off. Walk it off! But yeah, regardless. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna stop now and let you guys talk for a bit because I've been going for a little. No, I think it's. I think it's cool that they're playing with the space. I, there are some things that I think are. Um, I don't want to say questionable, but like they, they could be better. They could be polished up. But this is also the first time they've done this, and it's the first time we've really seen like true divergent development in classic. Like they've cleaned up stuff and they've done some other things. And they've they've done like quality of life stuff, but this is really like the first time that they've tried implementing something that changes the like potentially changes uh, what rules your class can do or what you have options to do. Uh, and that is one, it's wild, it's unexplored territory, uh, and it's going to take time to figure out where everything needs to be and how to make it, you know. I don't want to say more fun, but sustainable, I guess is the better word for it. So I'm, I'm in for the long haul on this one. Like I haven't had a chance to, to sit down and play because what is free time? Um, mm, yeah, but, hurt me. but I am so looking forward <laughs> to tanking on my shaman. Like that is something that, 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 that excites me. And that's something that like before this, I was like, yeah, while well, classic exists, I'm not going to touch it. Now I'm like, Hey, season of the discovery exists. I want to play that. Like I wanted, I want to live my fantasy and it's going to potentially let me do that. And I hope other classes get to experience that as well. Mm. Yeah. I think we're kind of on agreement here. Um, Liz, anything else? No, no, I'm pretty excited about it. I haven't like Joe, I haven't gotten much time to play, but I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also want to mention really fast since we, there were other things to talk about. Um, this is something that, that Liz also threw in here is that the, the biggest realm, which is Crusader Strike, it's the largest realm in the history of the game. I'm assuming that means all WoW, not just WoW Classic, or is it just it, WoW Classic? To, I, I do not have clarification on that one. Okay. But it, it's so big that they had to lock it mm-hmm. already. It's been out a week, guys. And they've already had to be like, nope, lock that and one. They- they locked it on like day two, maybe, because it was so crowded. Everyone was going to Crusader Strike. And, you know, in part, I can understand that because Crusader Strike just sounds really cool. Uh, so, but yeah. I, yeah. And plus, I mean, there's always that snowball thing, like where you, the realms can hit a critical yeah. mass where yes. the bigger they are, the bigger they get. And people are like, all, all want to go to the place where their friends went. And so you just end up with this, you know, massive, massive realm. And Blizzard is actually making taking a lot of steps to try and make sure the realms are balanced. They're all another thing they're doing is they're trying to maintain a balanced 
On the PvP servers, they're trying to maintain a balanced alliance and horde population. So if it gets too off kilter, they might lock creation on one side or the other to keep that faction balance because that's one of the things people complain about a lot, particularly in Classic, that it's like, oh, my server is all this side and none of this side, so I just can't get things done because the population is so tiny. Um, so they're doing some interesting things here to try and keep the servers balanced, try to not get like what WoW Classic itself has, which is some mega servers and then a bunch of deserted servers. They launched the game with just a small number of servers and they've been trying to manage them, trying to keep populations balanced. Um, yeah, but yeah, they've already had to shut some of them down. Yeah, that's so it is again, this thing is an experiment. That's the thing to think about here. It's mm. it's this is something they've never done before. It's worth giving it I, time to see how I, it all shakes out. Go ahead. Let's I go. should note one more thing. Crusader Strike is an RP PvP server. So yes. uh, and uh, it is currently locked. If you want to roll an RP PvP server, that you want to roll on Chaos Bolt, which also sounds really cool. Yep. Uh also we should probably mention uh, while we're talking about this kind of thing, we mentioned the PTR already. Um, should we talk about Warcraft Rumble first, or should we talk about game the Game Awards? I think we we'll just start really quickly. The Game Awards are Thursday; they're on my birthday. Yes. So yeah, go go watch those. I guess if you want to. If you don't, don't. Um, I don't really feel like I, I feel like the Game Awards this year have felt more superfluous to me than they have in previous years, which. They've always kind of felt superfluous to me, but it's nice when people get awards and get rewarded, you know, recognized for the good work they do. Mm-hmm. So I'm always happy about that. Um, usually for, for me, at least the game awards are, Oh, I wasn't watching and they dumped a million trailers. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's always like, Oh, that's out. Oh, um, I will say that because of the game awards this week, although the, you know, they were, I don't know if they were going to release this at that time. We did find out GTA six is coming. Yeah. Uh, so this is not related to Blizzard or anything. Just, but, but if you were like wondering, when are we going to get a new Grand Theft Auto game soon? Because they they had to, they basically someone leaked it, and they had to release the trailer early, so we know now this is this is what it is. Like you know, they are doing GTA Six. It is in the point where they have a trailer for it. They're likely going to release it within a year or two. Um, we'll find out more at the Game Awards. So if that's something you're interested in, there's that. Now we can talk about Warcraft Rumble. Uh, season one is ending Saturday, and season two mm-hmm. is probably starting on Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, I, I don't think they've specifically announced either of these things. Like, they haven't really advertised this, but it's listed in the game as ending on this Saturday. And presumably the next season will start immediately because the, the seasonal kind of cycle is really tied into how the game works. You're earning seasonal rewards, uh, working with your guild to earn things. So I, I'm i pretty sure that uh, Season 2 is going to launch exactly on December 9th when Season 1 ends. Uh, and so if you're, if you're working on playing Rumble, you only have uh, like four more days from the time of this recording to get Unlock Sylvanas, which is the, the Season 1 reward. Um so limited time, and we don't actually know a lot about the rewards for season two yet. We're kind of, I there have been a few things announced that we don't know when they're going to happen. Um, but all we know for sure is there's a new Chimera mini in season two, and uh, I we might we might see uh, Skullman's dungeon, we might see uh, Molten Core raid, we might see. Uh, Moonglade as a zone. These are all things that they've talked about, but not given us a release date on. But we don't we don't know much for sure. It, yeah. But either way, we should find out this weekend what's coming next to Warcraft Rumble. Yeah, we know, we do know that Molten Core was at the BlizzCon this year. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talked about that at BlizzCon, um, but they didn't give us a release date. So I I don't know. I don't know. It just reminds me very much of that old April Fool's joke where they had Molten Core on like a. It was like six bit <laughs> Molten Core, and it was like you know an old Atari twenty six hundred type game, mm-hmm. and you know not, not that that Warcraft Rumble is obviously way more way more graphically you know yeah advanced than that. I just think it's funny. But it's yeah. it's still kind of got that sort of retro vibe. There's kind of yeah. simple graphics things that makes it, it feels it's got a kind of tabletop game vibe to it that feels more old school. So I I see where you're going with this. All right. Uh, I think at this point we've kind of covered everything. Well, there's one other thing that uh, popped up that I, that we were talking about uh, a little bit in chat. 
there was a recent interview with uh, Phil Spencer with Windows Central. Uh, Phil Spencer, obviously being the uh, CEO from the the whole Microsoft thing, uh, and there was uh, some conversations that some folks might or might be interested in. Uh, he basically said that he hasn't. He was talking about the nature of reviving older franchises, and specifically Activision franchises. Um, he talked about not forcing teams to do that, uh, but he is open to it and wants to support them should they choose to do that. Uh, he's talked about going to have conversations with the leadership at Blizzard uh, specifically and to talk about maybe what they're passionate about, if they're passionate about reviving that and then making this. What I thought was the important thing, making xbox developers available should it be required so like again giving resources let's say heroes of the storm wants to come out of maintenance mode and they want to revive it or starcraft maybe we get a starcraft 3 or something like that the these are possibilities that are now on the table there nothing has been confirmed uh but i think it's really really interesting to to hear sort of that uh become a thing right uh he also talked about like banjo kazooie which or i think i think it was I think it was Banjo Kazooie, uh, but a bunch of other stuff like weird, like franchises that Activision owns that have been like largely dead for a long period of time, uh, and then also the idea of maybe bringing some of those to Xbox Game Pass or maybe some of the older Blizzard games to Xbox in general. So there's hope. There is hope out there. Uh, I can hear Corey <laughs> on his max dose of hopium, uh, but yeah, I'm right there with him because honestly. <laughs> We talked about this. Heroes of the Storm got a patch. We haven't, we haven't, like, that hasn't happened forever. Why? Why all of a sudden now? And we know that people really did care about the game, and there were developers that really loved it. And honestly, in the MOBA space, I think it would be perfectly fine to to give it some love and attention. I'm going to hold out hope for that one in particular. But also, StarCraft feels like, I don't know about you, but I understand they finished the story, and I'm air quoting that, in StarCraft 2. But I feel like it's not done. Like there's so much more you could do with it that I would I would love to go back to the StarCraft universe, especially when we talked about this before with the rise of the RTS, uh, like independent RTS scene, having Blizzard come out with an honest, like caring return to the franchise would be pretty amazing. So, yeah, there's potential. I just thought it would be interesting to bring it up because it was an interesting news item from a couple days ago. All right. Um, but with that, we are going to try and get a couple of these emails in. Um, we've got enough time, I think, for one or two of them. Uh, if you've got a question for the uh, show, we don't have to use an email. In fact, sometimes I think almost all of these are from Discord. But you can either contact us via email. You can uh, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. Or you can go to our Discord. We've got two Discords. We've got one that is the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel. Uh, for for our patrons, and you know, we've been getting more and more patrons thanks to you guys stepping up and helping us, and we we're definitely going to talk more about that. Uh, absolutely, but thank you for that. Uh, Joe is going to read all your names and stuff too. Do you still do? You're still doing that, right? Insert the recording of me saying all their names here. Yeah. A very special thank you to our new Patreon supporters, Diane. Scans, AJ Venter, Clement, Austin Kiefer, Dragon, or Dragon. I can't tell with each because, well, it's Dragon season, so we're going to go with that. Eric Odea, Andrew Schwartz, Razor Berg. Oh, wait, I mean Bug. Love you, friend. Fletch, 2D Ledwee. Joshua Lindquist, Nick Macy, Joel Boogstreet, and Clinton Roof. Thank you very much for your support and allowing us to continue doing what we love. Cool. Um, so yeah, you can go to the Discord and you can do that. Um, if you're our patron, you can go that one first, and you know we try to take questions from there first because you know that is one of the ways we reward you for helping us. Uh, but if you can't support us on Patreon for whatever reason, uh, that's totally something we understand. And we do have the Q and Podcast Questions channel for non-patrons, and we did actually get some questions from there, too. Uh, so 
without further ado, we're going to start with this question, which I don't know if it was meant for us or not. Um, <laughs> uh, he said it was Q for the Q when he said it, and I was like, that would be a long Q. Uh, but for those of us with short memories, could we get a refresher on how we met Zalatath and all our interactions with her so far? I did the quests, but it all blurs. I don't know if we can do like a full. That's a lore watch. That's a lore watch yeah. thing. I think at that point, like no, but, like but I can tell you this. I can't. I think we can tell you this. Zalatath was one of the um, artifact weapons from Legion, so it was the the Shadow Priest yes. artifact. Yep. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about the old gods and about the dagger and the dagger's origin throughout the world and how it affected, like, for instance, uh, it was the weapon that led the dark iron dwarves to think they could actually take out the wild hammers because Modgood, who was the wife of Emperor Thorison at the time, went to, uh, oh, I want to say Golbatal, but it's not Golbatal. What is it? Grim Batal. Grim, Grim Batal, thank you. And she went to Grim Batal with a, like a dark iron army. To and study the void. Yeah, she used the knife to, you know, kick butt. She's the reason and, there's a Cathraxia at the end of Grimbatal. Yep. So, essentially, we, she was there throughout Legion, and then at the end of Legion, you know, we, we all used our artifacts to basically drain the, the bad juice out of the swords that Sargeras stabbed the world with. Uh, Zalatat didn't like that, and didn't like getting abandoned, because they, you know, obviously that's what happened to her. She got abandoned after she drained all the bad stuff out. So she set up a whole situation where non priest players could end up interacting with her. And she was using the Naga who were trying to find her. And she eventually made a deal with Nizoth where he took the Zalatath being out of the dagger body and put it inside of recently killed uh, high elf who had been trying to find the knife and use it herself. That's the Zalatath you see in the war within trailer. It's the body of that dead high elf whose name is currently escaping me, but you know, there's a lore watch coming. I'm sure we'll talk about there. And yeah, that's, that's basically or think something like that. Okay. Yeah. So that's the basis of it. That's the basics. Um, like, like, like Joe said though, that's a lore watch. There's a lot of quests here, man. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that at least you, you now know who she is and you know, we'll, we'll, we will definitely talk more about her. In the this might be Sunday's episode. Yeah, we'll we'll find out when we get there. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm assuming Liz, you didn't have anything to say there. But if you did, totally go I, ahead. And... Nope. Okay. Next one uh, is from Parasolith. Uh, spe- speculation on the War Within's new allied race, uh, specifically the racial abilities of the Earthen. The WoW devs commented that the Earthen racial would not be derivative of the Dark Iron's mole machine, but have been silent on possibilities. Uh, speculation has ranged from a defensive turn to stone to gems on their bodies redirecting coming damage back. What are your thoughts on potential racial abilities? Um, can I, they say a nice thing about Patreon? And thank you for supporting us on Patreon, Perry. Uh, yes. Liz, you first. Do you have any ideas for Earthen racials? I have no ideas, but I do think that Blizzard has really de-emphasized racials as as we've gone on. Mm-hmm. Of course, I say that, and Dark Iron Dwarves have that really cool mole machine. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for in large part, you don't think about, okay, maybe this is just me, I don't think about racials when I'm rolling a new class because they have, their impact level is so low. And going back into classic... Just, I, I've rolled in Classic, and I really thought about that. Like, okay, which race should I play that has the best racials? Which priest race specifically has the best priest racial abilities? You used to really think about that. And I don't think about that very much in retail. Like, it's some cool flavor, but it's not as game-defining as it once was. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay! I, I'm the odd one out. Well, I mean, I don't really think about it that much either because I play a warrior of them all, so I'm gonna have that racial eventually, whichever one I, it is. I race change. I race change loader every time. I every time I feel like there's a better racial available for me. Like I'm not even gonna lie about that. Um, yeah, I. So I think the turn to stone thing is probably going to be fairly accurate because if you look at current dwarves in the game right now uh you either have fire blood or stone form which does ostensibly similar things with slight variants like fire blood i think is better because you load me up with debuffs i hit fire blood i convert them into intellect thank you very much um but i could see them giving something similar like that to earthen to sort of tie it all together because lore wise and, and everything else that they've been telling us it's you know there's this offshoot that sort of 
grew up to be dwarves without having direct inter- interaction with other dwarves, despite the fact that they're still earthen. Um, I do not think that people have been speculating uh, that they're going to get gems that reflect incoming damage. I don't think that's going to be a thing. Um, I know right now spell reflect with warriors is being looked at pretty hard because it is very strong. Mm -hmm. I watched a warrior leap into the middle of the uh, Volocross like um, uh, trash packs, pull everything on the platform uh, and then just hit spell reflect once and everything went to like 30% health. <laughs> like it, it, it is very strong right now. I don't know that they would give that as a non-class ability to just, uh, uh, as a, a racial ability, um, to Liz's point, they do de-emphasize how important they were like back in ye olden days, uh, night elf warriors were like the bees knees because they got an extra 1% dodge. Oh yeah, I I actually did race change my character to Night Elf to tank. Um, I believe it was Heroic Anubricon. Yeah, because you needed it. You needed that one percent because you needed every bit of survivability you could. Yeah, in order to push the the Heroic Anubricon fight, you needed to get critical hits completely off the table. Yeah, they had to be gone. Like, and if you were like, if you were even a little low, like your defense wasn't right or whatever, you would get critically hit, and he would give you like he would just crush you. He would be over. So yeah. We didn't get him down until I went Night Elf. They've That's moved, how hard he was. They've moved away from things having that large of an impact. Um, you might get some more versatility. You might get a free ability that lets you heal or do some damage. You might get that really weird thing that Night Elves have now where like the the thing they get changes depending on whether or not it's day or night. Like is it you get haste during the day and you get crit at night, I think is it might be the way around, but yeah. Liz, you were saying something, I think. I mean, I was just gonna go with uh, think about dwarves and fear ward back in the day. Oh yeah, dwarf priest. Oh yeah, that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. That's they got an (laughs) they got an ability that made you temporarily immune to fear, or did it just clear fear? I forget. No, and it and it like really trivialized one of the most difficult parts of the Anixia encounter at the time. So if you were raiding as Alliance, you had dwarf priests. And you needed it for Nefarian. this was either going to be, yeah, this was either going to be really, really difficult because they're going to fear your tank or it's going to be a complete non-issue because you brought a dwarf. Well, the, the only the, the thing with Fear Ward was if you only brought one dwarf, then he couldn't actually trivialize the fight because mm-hmm. Fear Ward had a long enough cast time. Um, I remember this because uh, I remember having to explain to somebody that, yes, you were still going to have to do... If you, we, first off, you was going to have a warrior tank. It wasn't going to be anybody else. Secondly, you had to do stance dancing. You were going to have to go and pop into Berserker stance, and you were going to have to hit Berserker rage. He was, but we have a dwarf. Like, we have one dwarf. You can't tank her, and, and she will only fear like the amount of times he can fear ward. That's, mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. how this is going to work. Um, this is the same reason that Shaman with Tremor Totem couldn't even weren't even close cooldown yep yeah the cooldown and the fact that it cast on a pulse yeah uh, it was like a 1.5 1. 1. 1. second pulse yeah and so if you didn't get the totem down it's exactly the right time and keep on you couldn't pre-cast it on somebody no but you could you could at least cast it while you were feared back then yeah at least you could cast me fear but a dwarf could pre-cast they could like cast okay she's going to do this in five seconds i can cast it tremor totem you couldn't do that because mm-hmm. It would then pulse, and then you'd have to wait for it to pulse again. It just—it was a pain. Uh, so yeah, I—I I definitely think that Fear Ward, though, it's if you're talking about like racial abilities that were the strongest a class could possibly have, Fear Ward was absolutely that. Uh, yeah. even no. even more than Hungering Plague for for shit for like uh, undead, which was an that was another priest one, right? Hungering yeah, Plague was so devouring yes. Plague. Devouring Plague. Devouring Plague. Yeah. Or the fact that they could cannibalize uh, the uh, the Forsaken could uh, cannibalize corpses of, of enemies slain and, and regenerate their health as a free heal, um, mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. fact that <laughs> trolls had regeneration at a insane rate that was a massive free mm-hmm. heal. Um, at playing a troll over here. <laughs> yep the the earthen uh, the earthen stuff is likely more to skew towards like the Titan or something to do with the Titans specifically. Um, it's not going to be a mole machine or derivative of it, but it might allow you to go to Titan facilities, uh, which I think would be kind of cool. I just uh, wanted to, I wanted to just literally be called Embiggen, <laughs> and they just grow. They just grow to be like you know. Fireblood already ten- does that, man. Yeah, but this one is just cosmetic. You just turn into a ten foot tall earthen. 
Nothing else. Doesn't that's, do anything. That's Dwergar. You just supposed yeah. to be there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. yeah, we have no idea what it's going to be, but I think it's going to be relatively flavorful and not game impactful. All right. We got three minutes left. So I'm going to let's star hammer. I think we just answered your question, so I'm not going to do yours, but uh, to answer your question slightly, um, we do talk about it. We talk about wild classic. We just hadn't talked about to- this week. Go ahead. Do you want to read the question before we answer the question? <laughs> uh, I, I feel like that was pretty much enough, but okay. Star, Starhammer, Starhammer uh, I, I got this. Starhammer is, notices that we don't really talk about WoW Classic a lot. Um, and, I, you know, they really enjoy WoW, the uh, vanilla classic and classic hardcore, uh, which is great. The problem is it's all time, right? Starhammer. Uh, we don't talk about it because not that we don't enjoy it. It's just... There's only so many hours in the week for us. And for like Liz and myself, I know specifically our free time is spent in retail, right? So, and we do that mm-hmm. because that's where we raid. That's where our guild is. That's where the majority of the people we interact with are, including several of you. Um, it's not that we don't enjoy the concept of like, we literally were just talking about it today with the season of discovery. We're going to dive in when we have time. We just have to have time. Although, Holiday season's coming up, and uh, yeah, I happen yeah, to get some exactly. free days off of work, and I'm going to be doing nothing but uh, season of discovery during those those days. Where I was like, mm, I should be in a meeting right now. You know what? I think I'm going to go and level my shaman instead. So <laughs> yeah, which is always nice, quite frankly. Liz, I'm sorry. One thing, one thing about classic is, you know, I think wow, from the beginning through now, whether it's classic, retail, hardcore, whatever version of wow it is, it's the most fun when you're playing it with friends. So when my friends are playing classic and I can go and play classic with them, I can log on to season of discovery and chat with them. You know, one of my guildmates in season of discovery, uh, you know, ran on foot to find me in the Valley of trials to give me some bags the other day. It makes it fun when you have friends you can hang out with and talk to. And when you don't, it's just like, okay, I played this game once 20 years ago and I, why am I here? Why am I still here doing this? So, wow, wow is a glorified social interaction simulator. Simulator's yeah. the wrong word. It's actual, it's real social interaction. But it's a glorified, <laughs> extravagant mm-hmm, chat room. Mm-hmm. To hang out with your friends, and you just happen to be hanging out with your friends and killing dragons and the occasional god. And but so I think the the fun level of WoW really goes way down if you aren't playing with friends. There's you know there's some stuff that's fun anyway. There's yeah, doing doing quests can be really fun. Experiencing content for the first time is super fun, no matter whether you have friends there or not. But in the long run, it's fun when you're playing with friends. It's fun to play video games with your friends. So when you have that social network in World of Warcraft, whatever version it is. You're you're gonna be drawn to that, I think. And that's certainly been my big problem with classic because it's like I might have one person I know who plays classic a whole lot, but you're never online at the same time. You don't have yeah, a guild. You can't do a lot of things, particularly in classic, where uh, grouping yeah. is super important. Yeah, and that's a really good point. So, like my, my playtimes are really odd hours too. Like sometimes if I mm-hmm. can't sleep, I'll be on doing stuff at like, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning my time. Um, and like, I can jump into a queue in retail and go do like a time walk or something like that in classic. I have to have a group or I have to go through the the pain of finding a group and you know, that doesn't always work. So time, time matters as well. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But absolutely don't feel like we're trying to like tell you you're wrong to like it. That is absolutely no. Not. Like you, if you listen to this episode, we were excited about season of discovery. We're we're there yeah. with you for some for for some of this stuff as well. We don't we don't hate it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I and that's that. Nope, no, I'm still here. Yep. Well, I'm didn't. Well, I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, anyway, I think we're gonna be done because we're done. Like it's it's time for us to be done. It's the end of the show. Uh, I I do have oh, I do have good, one Liz. small thing to add right here at the end which is that the Blizzard Watch podcast is back on Spotify. So if you enjoy yes! listening to podcasts on Spotify, we are finally, at long last, a number of technical problems later, back on Spotify. Please subscribe. And uh, if that is where you prefer to listen to your podcast, we're there. Follow, follow our thread. Again. Follow our threads there. Make sure that you do the things. It does help us because that's an algorithm <laughs> we can actually still still have influence over. Please. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Liz, do you want to 
do brief uh, Patreon drive mention? Um, we sure. Well, uh, we're we're wrapped up the Patreon drive. We're not going to bother you about it, though. We are planning on doing, uh, you know, several of them a year. We're going to kind of go into the PBS pledge drive kind of format where we remind people occasionally that, hey, your support is what keeps us going because your support is what keeps the site going. And there's going to be uh, a tote bag with my face on it. I promise. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much for coming out to support us. We did not. It quite hit our Patreon goal, uh, which was $5,000 a month to bring the site up to kind of full speed. But we're really quite close to that. And we're close enough that for the month of December, we're increasing our post count. We have a small budget for editing, so I don't have to do it all entirely by myself now, which is great. I'm I'm so happy about that. I can like walk away from my computer and things will still get posted. That's pretty awesome. And uh, so... You should be seeing more posts on the site. You should be seeing, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. We, well, we, we can pay our writers for doing more writing, and it's all because of you. Yeah, and we did also, uh, we're waiting on to see how it goes, but we have uh, submitted our information for the podcast for the uh, the the uh, sort of the group uh, stuff so that we can potentially have some extra revenue from that to at least maybe keep cake the revenue that we normally dedicate to the podcasts and put it back into the site. Um, so we're waiting yeah. to hear back on that. And you may hear that. You may hear an advertisement at this point here. You know, I don't know. God, Liz. Uh, yeah. I, I did say we didn't quite meet our goal, but we're pretty close. Uh, one of the things we are, we have switched to a new advertising provider. If you've looked at the site, you've probably seen some different ads. We're using an advertising provider that specializes in gaming sites. So you see more gaming related ads and fewer completely random why is that even there kind of ads um so if you see anything weird particularly auto playing video with sound i haven't seen any of those uh but if you see anything weird let us know we're kind of working out the kinks right now and we we don't with advertising you don't know how much revenue you're gonna make so we can't like we can't like just because we have a new advertising partner go and like super increase our budget because we know we're going to make a lot of money because we don't know. We we have no idea. So we're going to hopefully ramp up slowly and start getting more posts on the site. And uh, you, as Joe said, you may start see hearing ads on the podcast unless you subscribe on Patreon to get them ad free and with pre-show content. Uh, and that's just going to that's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us do more things, write more posts. And uh yeah, I think that's all I got. Uh we're we're doing pretty well right now and I think it looks good for us going into 2024. Cautiously we're optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic is a good word. We honestly we got we got more support than I really expected and I have to say thank you all for coming out here to support us. Because a couple of months ago, I was genuinely thinking, I don't know if this site's going to be here in 2024. Yeah, it was, I mean, it that was, was scary. How, that, was how, that was how bad it was looking for a while because we had uh, an advertising revenue shortfall for a long time and our Patreon was down because we'd been leaning into ad revenue. And uh, it, was, it was looking really bad. But you all came out to support us and that means so much. It does allow the site to continue. We are not going to hassle you about subscribing on Patreon quite as much as we have been over the past couple of weeks. Oh, but I'm still going to do my spiel. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for showing up to support us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Uh, I am so glad you're here with us. And I'm not going to do my normal outro spiel because I think Liz covered all the finer points. I oh, will just. I was going to get to say, Joe, release the Kraken. Well, I'm going to release this part of the Kraken. <laughs> Uh, if you are listening to this recording on one of our, our multiple streaming sources uh, and you are not a Patreon supporter and you do have that consideration for us, uh, please consider going to patreon.com slash blizzard watch and uh, tossing us uh, maybe a dollar or so. It does help. Uh, like Liz said, we're very close to that, that where we needed to be. And thank you, everybody who helped support us to get that get there. Uh, but I will be still giving that spiel at the, at the end of each and every one of our podcasts, because at this point, it's been 10 years of me essentially reciting this. I ain't going to stop anytime soon. I, I literally <laughs> like have dreams about podcasting in which I recite this, the, the outro. I'm not joking. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, that is the podcast for this week, guys. Uh, thank you 
to Liz for that uh, summation because we really it's it's nice to know that you guys have had a positive influence and you've actually helped us. Uh, thank you to Joe for having memorized that tome <laughs> that, he, that he recites every week, and thank you to me for not dying so that I got a year older in two days. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here with us, and we'll be back next week. I love getting to say that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.